You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to our business happy hour today. We are beyond excited about today's guest and this conversation. If you are an entrepreneur looking to build and scale a business while maintaining your freedom, sanity, and home life, prepare to be mind blown today as we talk all about scaling the smart way through systems, optimization, and outsourcing. Today's guest is the one and only Stacey Tischel. Stacey has made a name for herself as an expert in growing small businesses. In addition to being a business growth coach, Stacey is a best-selling author, host of the Foot Traffic Podcast, and founder of the Foot Traffic Formula, helping small businesses around the world get more customers in the door, more profit in their pockets, and more happiness in their homes. Stacey dropped fire today for all of us entrepreneurs wanting to grow our businesses without sacrificing our sanity. We covered how to know when you're ready to begin doing things differently and implementing processes and systems, what the first step is to begin outsourcing, how to know if your team is actually making you money or costing you thousands of unnecessary and wasted dollars, and how to go about onboarding team members the smart and lucrative way. We peppered Stacy with detailed questions on scaling, outsourcing, building out systems, and working smarter, not harder. Now, if you are ready, Ready to get a good up-leveling kick in the pants today? Don't go anywhere. It's time to chat with Stacy Tushel. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Stacy, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited to have this conversation with you. Thanks for having me. I am looking forward to this conversation. Oh my gosh. We are ready to get nerdy together. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Well, first off, before we just dive off the deep end, can you introduce yourself to our audience and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I always kind of tell people I started very, just thinking I was doing a hobby in my parents' backyard of teaching dancers. And I all of a sudden that kind of blew up over the first three years of doing it. We went from 17 girls to 100 girls. And wow. now today I own two performing arts academies in Milwaukee. And um, we have about 1,500 girls and boys uh, coming for dance, music. Um, we do a lot of different things. So I've now had that business for 20 years next month, which is insane. Wow. And um, about nine years ago, because my business you know, teaching children, you're teaching them after school and on Saturdays and Sundays, right? Yeah. So when I decided it was time for me to have my own children, I realized this isn't going to work. I can't be the dance teacher all night or I'm not going to see my kiddos. So about nine years ago, I removed myself out of the studios where I wasn't in the building. I got to work from home so I could be mom as well. And then it kind of sparked people saying, okay, teach me that. How in the world do you own a business that runs without you? And um, and now today I, I run a company. We dive in heavily to our framework, Well-Oiled Operations. And I'm just helping people build a business, but also still be able to have that personal life and that freedom. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. That's something Lindsay and I are all about. And oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you. So (laughs) as we dive in, Stacey, I feel like you just hit on something that a lot of entrepreneurs, 
eventually get to a point where they kind of realize either they can no longer bootstrap it all by themselves Mm -hmm. or that like you kind of mentioned their, their workload or their work life, their schedule, whatever is not matching with the life that they're wanting to build for themselves. Right. So it's, it's like you have to have processes and systems set in place, but for your experience, what is like the telltale sign that someone is ready or needing to start incorporating that type of, I guess, like scaling, pivoting, growth, whatever the word you would call, but that shift in their business? I think for me, and just looking at a lot of my clients who kind of had that breaking point, it's just, they they think, we think, okay, I'm almost there. And then there's this moment of, I'm never going to get there. Like this isn't working. I'm not building a business that I'm falling in love with. I'm actually falling out of love with it because it needs me seven days a week. It needs me, right? I think it's that pivotal moment of realizing I've got to fix something because what I'm doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. Don't mean that they're not successful because sometimes we have, you know, seven figure entrepreneurs that look like they're crushing it, but they're working 80 hours a week and they're exhausted, right? So I think it's really assessing how much do you enjoy your business right now? And do you get to actually turn it off? And when you turn it off, this is a big one, can it make money without you? And yeah. the answer for that a lot of times is no. Yeah. Okay. I am feeling seen. <laughs> this is great. Um, okay. I have a question kind of going off of that. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, I also feel seen. Yes, yeah. Stacy. What is the first step that someone should take when they're starting to create like a, a system in their business that can run without them? Yeah. So I think first of all, you've got to acknowledge what has been happening is not the sustainable path, right? You have to realize like you've got to make some changes or you will be here three years later. If you think you can just hustle just a little bit more or you can just bring in a little bit more money or if you hired one more person or if you had 10 more clients, like we have these excuses or these milestones we think are going to be the answer. I think just be real with yourself of that is not going to solve. In fact, getting bigger can actually make it messier, right? Mm -hmm. If you're already maxed out, adding more clients or more money probably isn't going to solve your problem. So I think the biggest thing, and this was not easy for me, but really realizing that getting help is okay. Even if it's just a virtual assistant, somebody to work on your social media five hours a week, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything big or scary, but the only way you get to multiply your time is by starting to delegate. So before I even start to think, well, what are the systems? The reason I do systems is that I can pass that system off to somebody else and they can run it just like me. Yeah, I love that. What would you say to the person who's listening to this who maybe has you know, employees or a virtual assistant or, you know, in their mind, they've outsourced to just about the cap of either, you know, their financial capabilities or even just their workload capabilities, but they're still feeling that kind of like hamster wheel, you know, burnout. What would be, I guess maybe this is like the next step or the 10th step, but I don't know. But to that person, what would you say to them? So I would be looking at, are you maximizing 
and getting an ROI on the people you've brought on. So in the beginning, when you've never hired, you don't know who to hire. You don't know how to train. You just don't because you've never done it, right? I mean, I started my business at 18 and I started hiring at 21. I was the worst boss ever. Like (laughs) I never had a real job. Like I, I had McDonald's and like bartending, right? I didn't know how to actually do this. And the problem is we just hire, we don't hire the right people. We barely tell them what to do or we give them a million things to do and they're they're unclear and they're they're kind of messy or sloppy because they don't know what you're actually needing and when you're needing it. So a lot of times people will say, but wait, I have a VA or I have a social media manager and life is still hard. But it wouldn't be if you've picked the right person to help them actually get you a return on your investment. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about where do I start delegating or where do I start uh, freeing up my time, I always tell people, you're either helping somebody that you're bringing somebody on that can help you directly make money or you're having them take off something off your plate that must be done, but then you can directly go make more money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So one or two options. So if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to remove social media off my plate, but you haven't figured out how to make money from social media. You just gave that project to somebody else and now you have to pay their salary, but... social media never made you money. So now it's just money down the drain. So you've got to really set up these systems to say, okay, maybe, maybe social media is not the place to go, but you know what? I have X amount of clients, past clients that I've never followed up with. And if I just hired somebody for five hours a week and they followed up with those clients, I bet I could pay for that person's payroll in, in two weeks, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Get really smart on what are we outsourcing and how can we see that return as fast as possible? Oh man, that is brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. My follow-up question to that would be when you're in the thick of it and you're, you're a lot of people get into business, especially I think our listeners, like in the creative entrepreneur space, they turn a hobby that they love into a business. And so they're solopreneuring it for a while. And all of a sudden you go from like being an artist, right? Like a photographer or a florist or something like that to like, oh, you realize you have to hire people. And you're like, oh, now I have to be like a CEO boss and be a leader. And like, that's a whole different conversation. Um, and so what would you say to somebody who is like, doesn't even know what they need to tell their VA or tell whoever, like an independent contractor that they've hired. Like if they're like feeling lost on just like almost the project management side of their business, if that makes sense. Yes. So this is, this was me, right? I was the dancer. And as soon as I realized I have to do more than teach dance, I definitely think there was a stage where I was like, wow, this is not fun. This is not what I signed up for. I don't really want to be collecting, like, you know, billing people and then getting on the phone to tell them their credit card declined and like just all of that stuff that came with it. But I think you have to get through that stuff to get to the place where now I'm I'm kind of back to where I was of, um, I almost want to say like being the talent, being the technician, right? So mm-hmm. now with a team... I get to just stay in my sweet spot and do the fun stuff. And I get to delegate the stuff that still has to be done. So I don't call anybody when their credit card declines anymore. But somebody else on my team does do that, right? So there's going to be this temporary stage where you're going to have to get your hands dirty and get in here and do some of the business activity or this this hobby won't won't turn into a business. It will stay a hobby. I mean, I was I would have called my business a hobby for quite a few years before it really clicked for me. And it clicked when I went to a conference and I just saw real business owners and how they were running it and I was like, "Wow, I can make I can create that. Okay, I want that." And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "Okay, 
I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to set up the systems. I'm going to hire people. And eventually, it, it's, it feels like a mountain, right? In the beginning, you're climbing it. But at one point, you're at that peak. And then it starts. you start to go down, but it gets easier. Your responsibilities become less because you have people that can start to carry some of the weight with you. Mm, I love this conversation. So Stacey, for you, what do you feel like, because you clearly have systems in place, you have employees in place, you're running multiple businesses, and it sounds like you have a life outside of them, which is (laughs) just amazing for entrepreneurship. What then I guess would be other than outsourcing, I'm sure there are systems and like getting started in systemizations and programs and softwares and things that I'm sure save you and your team hours of time. Would you be down to share some of those with us today? Like how how do you run your business without micromanaging it or like being in it all, all the time? Yeah. So I think first, like, let's go back to maybe just hiring that virtual assistant or somebody to help you kind of be that right hand. So the big thing that you need to be thinking about is how are they supposed to, what what are they supposed to be doing and how are they supposed to be doing it? What happens is you hire a social media manager and then you think, wait, you need me to tell you what to do? I hired you because you're supposed to know how to do social media, right? People just assume that the person coming in is going to know all the answers, but they're looking at you, the leader, to say, well, how do you want me to do this? Like, how often do you want me to post? And what do you want me to post? And what what's the point? And, and what are the calls to action, right? You've got to set up the system. So whoever you're bringing on first, again, we're trying to maximize and get the ROI as fast as possible. So if I'm going to bring on a VA, I'm going to say, what is the biggest money makers that they could start to do? And how do I systematize that? So I remember I was, I was working with a client and she was, she was selling products and she was definitely, it was like a one-off product that they needed now, but they could absolutely need it again in the future. And she had sold a lot of these. And I said, okay, what's your follow-up process with the people that no longer um, have bought from you anymore? And she's like, I just wait for them to email me, right? I'm like, well, <laughs> we we want to be proactive, right? Like if you've got a photographer and they're coming for family photos, like for instance, just like here, there's a great example. I usually get a family photo every August. My photographer is not thought to reach out to say, let's get that on the calendar, right? And what happens is I get busy and busier. And then it's September and I'm like, oh, we still haven't booked it. And then it's possible I don't book it at all because I forgot to make the call, right? Yeah. And then we run out of time because we're in Wisconsin. I like outdoor photos. We've got a, we've got a timeline, right? <laughs> so you've got to ask yourself, like, how can I put that bug in their ear of like time to get you back on the calendar? So my point is, if I'm looking at, a lack of a follow-up system, I'm thinking, whoa, that's my biggest moneymaker right there. Let's get the system first. So instead of saying to her, you go call everybody and try to get them rescheduled, I'm going to write one sample email. And I might even say, hey, this is, you know, Anna from Stacy's team. Um, Stacy wanted me to reach out to you because it looks like you haven't booked your, your annual session that you normally do. And we'd love to get you back on the calendar, right? And just having a little script like that where somebody else is sending that message, And I know somebody's thinking, but wait, they always talk to me. Wouldn't that feel funny if somebody else? No, it's customer service, right? Like you don't walk into certain businesses locally, you know, Chick-fil-A and expect the owner of Chick-fil-A to be in the building, right? You know that they have a team. This is how businesses run. So to have, you know, bring somebody on and then say, this is the system. I want you to send out this specific email. Here is where you can find them. Here is what I want you to do next. You start there. 
once that system is done and they've got, gotten the hang of it, right? At some point, they won't even need the system. It'll be so easy. And then you ask yourself, what's the next best use of the time? So the way that you multiply time is by hiring these people that can generate revenue for you to say, okay, I can get another thing off my plate because we're not even really paying for her. She's getting a 2x return on her salary. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have almost a selfish question yeah. that is like more for us. Um, how do you know if you're looking at your business as a whole and maybe it has like different facets, how do you know if something is directly making money? And let me give you an example. So like our podcast, we use it as, I mean, obviously we get paid via like ads, but that's like pri- like not primary. It's very yeah. minimal compared to, we use it as a marketing machine you know, to funnel people into our email list, you know, get people into our our universe so that they, you know, buy something from us. But it's very hard to to know directly if people came and like bought a course from us, if they like found us via the podcast. So it's like, when I'm thinking of like, oh, our podcast manager, we have somebody who completely runs it because me and Evie don't have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. But like in an example like that, how would you recommend to somebody who like, I, I guess my question is how do you know where you're asking and I know how to solve this okay so it's not as hard as it sounds so especially with a podcast because you can just use standalone links and URLs that you don't give out anywhere else mm-hmm. so if you you've got to have really great calls to actions that you're sending them somewhere but you know that if they use that opt-in that it came from the podcast another thing you could do is we sell mostly high ticket. So we talk to every one of our clients. Like you don't just buy a course and we never see you. We actually are on the phone with you. So we just say like, um, like my team will go, Hey, how did you first find Stacy? And they'll be like, Oh, I was actually, um, I was on the, I was listening to the hard and hustle podcast and right. Like something like that. And then they'll say, cause this is another question. What made you buy today? And they may have said, well, I've been now listening to Stacey's podcast for six months. And there was this one episode today that got me to make the decision. So those two questions, I'm going to repeat them again, because they're very important. Where did you first find Stacey? Second question, what made you buy today? Because Mm -hmm. there are more than one moving piece, right? Even if you're like, oh my goodness, the podcast is working. But what if you discovered that they originally found you on another person's podcast? So you've got to do both activities. You've got to go and interview on other people's podcasts. But then you've got to also be thinking, what can I make them think or, or do to take action today on this podcast? Does that make sense? That makes so so much sense. Oh, wow. Even if you sell... If you sell a really small price course, and obviously you're not going to jump on a phone call with a $27 person and say, hey, how did you, you know, you, you wouldn't have the, the payroll to make sense to do that. But you could write on that form, have a drop down that said, that said those two things. Where'd you first find us? What made you buy it today? Now, I wouldn't make those, requ- I would make the one, where'd you find us, maybe a drop down so it's easy. And then the, what made you buy today? I would probably leave that open-ended just to see if they answered or not. But you'll get data just from forms. Yeah. Like you're saying, put those forms on like a checkout. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, I'm learning. So taking notes. Yeah, I literally am. <laughs> if you want to sell more, it's easier just to sell more of where you're currently selling. But right. you've got to figure out what is the thing selling. Yeah. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best and you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? (laughs) 
Okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking and you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry. That's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now, we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt, even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before and you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. Guys, when I tell you that I found the newest best comfort outfit for those lazy days and nights at home, I mean it. Introducing Lunya, restwear to help women find beauty in the everyday. Their pieces are literally stunning and we'll just leave you adding thing after thing to your cart, I promise. I love that Lunya maintains a painstaking attention to detail, quality, and construction. They see their pieces as the anti-old t-shirt and they love to say that they are the uniform for those who share their belief that resting is the most important time of the day. To snag your own stunning quality restwear that you'll never want to take off, literally, I swear, go to www.lunia.co and use code HEART20 for 20% off. I love that. So it's it's leaning into what's working instead of trying to do everything under the sun and kind of throwing guesses out there of what you might right. get return on. Yeah. Can I, I can I share a story with a client too? Yes. Well, love, she says to me, okay, I really want to dial in an email strategy. I am doing nothing with email. It's, it's, there's nothing there. I'm like, okay, like, how are you getting? Cause I'm like, what's your goal here? She's like, more clients. I'm like, okay, how are you getting clients? Referrals. We have a, like people refer us constantly. I'm like, okay, what's your referral strategy? We don't have one. Like, okay, so you want to go to emails that you're not doing well with. You don't have an email list. There's nobody engaged and you're hoping to figure out if you can get more sales. But you've got a situation with referrals where people are naturally doing it, but you haven't even incentivized or thought of an actual system or strategy to get more. And she's like, oh my, do you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're making things so much harder. Lean into what is working. Stop trying to find something new. Yes, absolutely. I love this. So my question would be for someone who's kind of sitting there in in a stage of business where they haven't made their first hire and they're trying to, I guess, gauge what is working best for them in order to maybe begin the the process of begin the process of making it a process or like systematizing it in order to prepare for like delegating that task to somebody else. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person of like, here's how to identify what's working and here's how to begin creating a system around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So 
I'm a big believer in tracking data, right? And and only tracking a few pieces of data and then focusing on just that. So for me, it's going to be the podcast, it's going to be our Instagram, and then we have a Facebook group. Those three things, if, if you told me I could only track three marketing numbers, it would be those three. And then as I keep tracking them, as I keep looking at those numbers on a daily basis, I use that data to decide how I want to move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, they just post on Instagram and then they start a Facebook group because people said you should start a Facebook group. But then they're not looking at the data. They're not looking at the analytics and what's happening. Every single week, our Instagram engagement is increasing. Every single week. There's not a lot of people that can say that, but because we are staring at that number and we are going back last week saying, what was the winner? Why do we think it won? And how do we do more of that? And every time we do that, the numbers start to grow. Now, I should say it doesn't happen every week. Sometimes we go, whoa, why did it just tank last week? And then we go, oh, you didn't do a live. Usually when you do a live, this happens, right? And then we realize, okay, well, that's a key strategy. I want to make sure I'm going live every Thursday if that's going to grow our account or something like that. Yeah. So I think people get really overwhelmed in like what to track. And this comes down to you know, if you're like my client who doesn't have a great email strategy, well, let's not track emails right now, but let's track how many referrals or how many how many people did you reach out to this week to ask if they could refer a friend or incentivize them to refer a friend, right? So mm-hmm. what are the things that are actually like the drivers in your business? And how do you look at those numbers on a daily basis, at mm-hmm. minimum on a, on a weekly basis? Oh, I love that. Follow Just the numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you... I guess, okay, once you've started maybe hiring your first like VA or first hire, how do you begin then building a solid system that can be delegated to somebody else? So as you build out the system, a lot of times if it's on the computer, I'm just recording myself. So when they're going to do it themselves, they just press play and they watch me do it. So it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I have a, a like a local brick and mortar business. So sometimes I'm not on the computer. I might be showing off, you know, how to sell retail or how to sell this. I can still record myself if I want to on camera, or I can just bullet point what needs to be done and what they need to click and, and how that goes on. But then from there, what happens is you give that system to the new person coming in and you watch them do it to confirm you haven't missed any key pieces. Mm. A lot of people write systems, but they, they've they missed. You know, it's just like the back of your, your hand. So you you know it so well, you forget step two and step four because it just comes so naturally. You had, they pass the system over and you realize like, Lindsay can't figure it out because you've left out step three. Now you've got to write the system better. So yeah. I always tell people there's usually really three phases to training anybody. So if you come onto my team, it's phase one is you watch me. I'm going to do it. You're just going to watch. Phase two is let's try it together. And then phase three is you do it and I'll watch you. Usually what people do is they're like, oh, hey, okay. So here's four projects. Have fun. We'll talk on Friday. And it's like, what? They have no <laughs> idea what you want or what you're looking for. You gave You gave such little communication right? So the more you can be letting them shadow, observe, watch, it's going to help them so much more. Oh, Ooh. this is so good. I, I have another follow-up or like just maybe a thought. Yeah. Um, I recently hired on an intern. Well, I had an intern before, but I hired on another intern. And I think a lot of people 
probably deal with this situation, which I feel like you might've actually just answered, but I just want to like process it. Um, I think a lot of times when we hire somebody, say you are a photographer and you've just hired on, I mean, an intern or literally just like an independent contractor to handle your blogging. Um, so often I think what I struggle with, and I think what a, a lot of other people do too, is say they've hired on somebody to do blogging for them, but then the blogging requires me to like sit down and like write the words to give them. Like maybe they don't know like the actual content of what, you know, the blog needs to have. So it, it almost, I can teach them and, and walk them through the process of how to blog for me and teach them all of that. But then I guess my question is it's still almost like they're not able to move forward without me, but the whole point of hiring them was so yeah. I didn't have to yeah. do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, this people get really stuck on this, especially with social media. They're like, what do you mean I have to approve it? I thought I hired them. Right. So I wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> but what you what you're re, what you're not realizing is but let's just, you, you will use the blog, right? Before the blog was like, you did the research and then maybe you looked at your podcast to look at your numbers to see which ones were popular topics. So then you picked those popular topics to turn into blogs, right? And then you did this step and that step, right? But the, the idea here is they don't have to come in and do 100% of the steps. Even getting them to take over the research or to grab your analytics and say, hey, you know that podcast we did on XYZ? That needs to be a blog post because that podcast killed it, right? So- yeah. Don't think it's an all or nothing situation. And I will tell you, you know, even with social media, and this would be the same with your blog blogger, I, I would say the first week, first couple of weeks, she is pitching me on a week's worth of something, but I am looking at it before anybody sees it. So I am giving a ton of feedback. I'm like, okay. And I might just open up Zoom and show my screen and say, okay, so you see this image? I wouldn't normally pick an image like this because. Now this next one, I actually really like. Here's why. Okay, go to the next one. It's a little off of our branding colors, right? So I just start educating. What yeah. happens is she fixes it, comes back. I'm like, okay, there might even still be another round of revisions, but maybe not. Maybe she's nailed it. I'm like, okay, you can post this. Next week, she shows it to me again. What happens is every week she gets stronger, Mm -hmm. So next week, I, may, I might only have five of them that I didn't like versus nine, right? And then what happens is my social media manager, current one, has been with me now for a year. And we're at a place where pretty much every week I'm like, looks good, looks good, looks mm -hmm. good. And, not, and that was not the case in the beginning. And now I'll be at a place where I'll say to her very soon, I don't need to proof your stuff. Because yeah. she gets me, she knows the brand, she knows where we're going. If I have very little changes, do I really care if like the yellow was a little bit off in the one spot? You know, it's like, I don't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially when she has KPIs, like metrics that she's tracking. So if my engagement increased on Instagram, do I care that there was this one font that I don't totally love? Not really. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that it's just, it's an awareness that you can't just like throw and run in, in yeah. outsourcing. Like it's, it's not typically unless you are, I mean, I guess even I was going to say, unless you're like this multi-million dollar corporation, you're hiring on like a very experienced COO to come in. And I'm like, even then it's, right. I feel like the same situation you have right. to spend time, like kind of handing over the reins right. and teaching them how you drive the uh, the buggy. That's what, what just came to my mind. <laughs> That's the most yeah, random well, analogy. And I think too, I mean, you might be surprised to hear that a year in, I'm still proofing her work before it goes live, but Every week, I want to make sure what I'm putting out there is something I really stand for. Mm -hmm. And 
you just don't know what you're getting sometimes. You have to inspect what you expect. And people mm-hmm. just assume that's like a week. It's like, no, 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 this this could be longer. Now, it could have been a lot shorter. Could I have said a lot faster? Hey, I don't need to proof this anymore. Absolutely. But it's so much better than me having to come up with, I mean, I don't do anything but just glance and say, looks good, right? Yeah. But some people are like, I still can't believe you even have to do that. I'm like, it takes 30 seconds to look at seven posts, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's, it's so important too, that you're being on top of an awareness of such a forward facing, you know, like part of your brand. And it does take such little time when you have somebody who's really in that place of really knowing what to do. If you went to my Instagram right now and you went back a year, you would see a very different style because it was a different person doing it. And not only over the next year, you would start to see my girl getting better. Mm-hmm. because I was tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, right? And I take credit for that as much as she should take credit for that because together we really were a partnership saying, okay, what about this or what about that? So if I would have just let her fly a year ago, would it look like it is right now? Probably not. I love that. That's so good. That's so good. Stacey, this has been incredible. I'm just like, I keep saying the word marinating on every single podcast that we're doing, but I'm <laughs> so marinating. in. Soaking in. Thank you. I'm soaking in. We love to ask this question to every single one of our guests, and I have a feeling you're going to just drop the fire. Um, It's kind of a big one, though, but what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? Mm, That is a big one, especially because I've been in business for 20 years, so there's lots of lessons. (laughs) I know. So we're like very eager for the answer. (laughs) You know what? I I will say with the pandemic, um, I was at my one business at the time, you know, growing every single year, we were at the top. I mean, we were we were just we're doing really well, seven figures. Um, I think it's like getting comfortable with being at the top and things being easy and getting to slack off a little bit because we could, right? Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that we found out during the pandemic of wait, we're we're spending money on that. Why are you know, I had to clean up the credit card, get rid of as much as we could because our business was, you know, permanently closed for two months. And I was looking at you know, just what we were spending and and who was on the team. And I just feel like, wow, we got really, I don't know if lazy is the word, but we let a lot of things slip through the cracks. And I think my biggest lesson is like, the more experienced you get, the more important it is to look at that stuff. I mean, I can't even tell you how much profit margin I lost because I was overspending on things I didn't even know we were spending our money on. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that is good. Okay. I feel it. <laughs> Lindsay and I also have learned that lesson the hard way in business. So mm-hmm. we're like nodding <laughs> confidently. Yeah. Um, we love to ask this question too. If you are not a reader, that is totally fine. Your answer can be uh, not applicable, but mm-hmm. uh, we are avid readers and we love hearing from amazing guests of what has just been a favorite book that you've read recently. I am on a mindset kick right now. I think, you know, as you start to just refine business, I don't need a lot of strategy. I need somebody just like getting my mind in check. So Mm -hmm. I really like this book called Attractor Factor. I just read Joe Vitale, I think. Oh. Really good book. I haven't heard it, but I'm putting it on my list. (laughs) You said Attractor 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 Factor? Factor. Oh, it rhymes. Yes. That's beautiful. 
Oh my gosh, Stacy, this was a power punch. Oh my gosh, I, I'm <laughs> marinating, I'm, I'm soaking in it. I know everybody else is too. You have been absolutely incredible. Where can everyone find you, work with you, learn from you, listen to your podcast, everything like that? Yeah, so the podcast is the Foot Traffic Podcast. And um, we've been, I've been podcasting now, oh my goodness, I think seven years, six years. There's like 600 episodes. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Stacy Tushel. And then our Facebook group is um, Foot Traffic Operations. I go live in there about once a week with extra like bonus trainings and things like that. I love it. Stacey, you are a brilliant businesswoman. It has been an honor to have you here on the show and learn from you. And I'm sure our audience is also just so grateful for your time. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. 